Hi, welcome to Worship Leader Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Toon, and we're here to disciple worship leaders. On today's show, we're interviewing a great old friend, Andy Park. Andy is a true forefather of the present-day worship movement that's been going on for decades, really. What I like to refer to as the music of the people, the folk music, the rock and roll element in churches and in worship. It's really not rocket science. It's music that people love, and it's it's a way to communicate with God. And Andy was uh, part of the early days of the the vineyard movement, the vineyard churches in down in California, and he eventually came up to Canada and was pastoring here, and he's done a lot of work with Vineyard Worship, both in Canada and in the States and abroad, and I'm just looking forward to having you hear this interview, so let's get started. You know, most people do know, you know, at least a little bit about you, or at least your songs um, that are used around the world. And, um, but why don't you just tell us, uh, you know, from your standpoint, uh, just a little bit about yourself and how you got your start as a worship leader. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I was 17 when I really came to the Lord in a big way and it was my first year at university and I had grown up in the church, but, uh, didn't ever have a living, powerful connection with God and Till that first year away, and and uh, I began to know God, began to hear from God, began to worship God, and feel like it was a conversation, feel like it was a living thing. It was, and God was there; He was alive and present, and and uh, interested in me and wanting to communicate with me, and and and. That was the beginning of launching into music. I had never sung much at all because I was just not interested in singing. I, I was, um, I like to play the guitar and I had been doing that for many years, mostly in my bedroom. Uh, but yeah. all of a sudden everything changed and uh, I gradually got the courage to get out in front of people and um, because now I had a reason to, you know, the Lord's love was something that pushed me into going past my fears of getting in front of people. And, uh, um, and then for 10 years, I led worship in my local church, started in a small group for too long. I was leading in larger meetings, like, um, by the time I was 19, I was leading Sunday morning worship in church of about 700 people. Uh, a lot of those people were either in the music industry or the movie industry. This was near Hollywood. And, uh, and that was great for, I can't remember how long I did it, a year or something. And and then I got let go from that volunteer position because we were we were not sophisticated enough musically. Me and my massive band of me on guitar and 
my two friends who were both backup singers. And uh, so three vocals and one acoustic guitar, that was the band. The worship band, as we now know it, had not yet been invented in those days of early dawning history. Yeah, that was 1976. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, but of course I learned from that. And um, uh, I mean, that right there is a huge lesson of how to handle for disappointment, you, at, you know. For you at that time, was it really tough? Or, or um, you know, whether it's your self-esteem or your ego or whatever... Yeah, it was it was really hard. I mean, we were shocked, you know, uh, because we were yeah. getting tons of uh, good feedback from the congregation. Um, and it's uh, in hindsight too. Like, uh, I don't know if any of those guys that were took our place. I mean, they were professional caliber musicians, you know, for sure. I don't know if any of them really went on in worship ministry for very much longer. So they had skill. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things where we I was very early in my experience of um, playing music in front of crowds of people. And I had good basic guitar skills, but I had a lot to learn. And I, you know, I can't remember a lot of details. I do remember... At one point, I was at my job as a teacher's aide, you know, which I was, what was, that was my part-time job to help pay my bills. And uh, I just felt like God let me know, you know, it's going to be okay. And awesome. just move on and, and there's new things coming up. And I mean, <laughs> that was just the very first chapter of many many different things that were to come along, of course. And so, yeah, so, you know, John Wimber used to say, you can either get bitter or get better when stuff like that happens. And that's a very important piece of wisdom in life uh, is um, not getting bitter when, you know, you you get reassigned and, and uh, yeah, it's hard. But, uh, I mean, it happens a lot in life. Uh, it's, there's a lot of yeah. relational conflict that is part of being in church. And I know you know something about that. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and so you got to get really good at forgiving people and um, trusting that God's going to work things out despite the weaknesses and injustices that might happen to us you know yeah i was i i think i was saying to you just uh you know a few weeks ago when i saw you that if that had happened to me as a younger man it might have sunk me like as far as um you know certain things that i've been through is whether it's conflict or even feeling rejected or or any kind of failed um ministry or work situation like so god you know as god's by god's grace <laughs> he he uh he let me experience that later rather than than earlier i mean i'm not, he's he obviously is he's the strength right like he yeah so who knows but i just think it's interesting 
I, I think it, it's a testament to to your character and your faithfulness to to be able to go through something like that and you know just keep keep plugging away. There's that there's that term grit is being thrown a lot, around a lot these days. Mm, you, just, yeah, you, you know yeah. God called you to it, so you so you can just keep keep yeah. doing it and listening to His direction in it. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So how about uh? Like how about today? What's happening for you in this season? Like, are you, are you you're traveling? You're leading locally. Uh, any other ministry stuff? Yeah, going I'm uh, going to Chile, South America, and for about a dozen days, coming up here to work with some churches down there that I've been to before. Really great friends down there. Um, I was just in Kelowna doing something not too long ago. I'm, And I might be filling in for a guy, a worship leader who's going on sabbatical this summer. Uh, that's not finalized yet, but it looks like that'll probably happen. And um, uh, and then I've, I'm doing a, a weekly outreach at a ministry called Night Shift, which is a meal for the needy. And we're going to be doing music and also sharing testimonies, sharing stories of Jesus, and having discussions with about that, you know, just um, around tables, you know, sharing a meal and, and uh, inviting people to just listen to our story and tell us their story, and that's... Awesome. Yeah, and so... Aside from family stuff, that's the the main thing that's the main things that are going on, and uh, yeah. yeah. So and I'm writing, and I'm oh the other big thing I'm doing is I'm writing a book. On, I think I mentioned that to you recently. It's it's on the subject of humility and other character qualities that uh, uh, surround that and are related to that and. Um, so that's my big creative project. It'll uh, probably take up a good chunk of you know the summer. It, it's I don't do it all day long, but I, pretty much every morning I'm working on that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, right on. Yeah. So so in between question one and question two, a lot has happened in your life, and you know one of the reasons. I wanted to interview you is, is just because of that. I mean, you've led worship in a number of different settings and, you know, in a number of different cultures, not just, um, based on, you know, geography and ethnicity, but also, uh, denominationally. And so I figure, you know, Andy probably has a lot of great tips and tricks and, and obviously you've shared a lot of those in, in your your first two books, um, the first one being more directed uh, to the ministry of worship leading, and and the second one the, being more about the the journey of the worship leader, right? So, I mean, I highly recommend both of those books. Um, uh, what's the first one? What's the first one called? It's it's called to know you more. To, to know yeah. you more, right, right, right. And the and the next one is worship journey. Is it? Yeah, the worship journey, which is temporarily not available, but I'll be getting that one back online sometime in the next year or something. 
Right on. But, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're both great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And, and I, I usually have a couple of copies on hand that I try to give out. And, uh, I think the last time I, I actually bought a bunch for our worship leaders and our worship team. And, and, um, I actually bought too many. So as, as the months went by, the years went by, I still had some to give out to every new person that came my way. So, uh, it, it, when you get that back up, I'll, I'll maybe I'll order a couple more, and we'll we'll have yeah. to uh, we'll have to give some away to some of our faithful listeners here. But but yeah, great books, great advice. I mean, I'm just curious. Uh, well, let's let's talk about soul care because I think that's something I want to focus on. You know, as someone who's yeah. been doing this for a long time and been in ministry, you know, not just music and worship, but pastorally and and leadership in general. What are some of your go-tos to take care of yourself? Um, you know, how do you cultivate a balanced life that allows you to fulfill your call as a worship leader? Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, every morning, starting with the Word and um, just trying to listen to God every day, trying to pray every day and uh, praying in the middle of the night when I wake up and and uh, just filling my mind with good material, whether that's the Bible or other books about people from church history or or you know modern day examples of Christians and um, and um, you know really uh, it it's all connected to relationship with people obviously too and so just I'd say my wife is my best friend for sure and so I talk about all, all of these things with her and and challenges I'm facing in in my work and in her work and and uh, just uh, being honest with her about what's going on and and um yeah, she's a good counselor and and um working hard but not too hard. I my general bent is to, you know, work hard. I want to I like enjoy accomplishing meaningful things, you know, and and uh uh and so I've learned slowly learned over the years to pace myself and and Early on, I was, you know, probably didn't have that figured out as well. And I, I was pushed really hard and I was really intense. And, and hmm. uh, it's challenging when you do really enjoy what you're doing. And, and yet you can't ignore rest. I mean, really resting is huge, you know, and soul care just physical rest um taking time away from people i'm an introvert so i definitely regenerate um in alone time and get my fuel tank filled up that way uh and um you know doing doing some things like uh for me a good outlet uh, uh, is just getting out and doing something in my yard 
like mowing the lawn or something that it's it's brainless but it's good exercise and it's surrounded by the greenery of God's creation and so that really helps me you know exercise helps me uh, in fact I I take little mini I wouldn't call them exercise break but I after I've been sitting for a while I will just get up and do a chore around the house uh, yeah because it's a lot of research has shown you should do that it's it's actually really bad for your health to just never get up and walk around so yeah those are um, some ob- obvious ones but they're big keys for me I um, for me, my because I'm self-employed, I can create my own workflow, and and I my most productive time is in the morning, which you know obviously not everybody's act like that, but um, so like lately I I w- wake up really early, I get up, I get get work and get writing, and. Uh, um, I'm usually take a little nap at some point in the day 20 20 minutes or something 15 minutes like doing this you know writing this new book is part of writing is you you read a lot because you read what a lot of other people have said on the subject and so it's, it's very inspiring to hear all these stories of godly character you know Every you know, in everybody from like Abraham Lincoln to Winston Churchill to modern day sports figures to you name it, and uh, so it's a it's a refreshing. It's it's you know helps me helps keep my my own personal life on the right track to be so immersed in all that stuff, you know, and. Uh, yeah, and I, um, you know, I don't, I don't have like strict rules of how to spend time with God. I just do the basic, get in the Bible some, and pray some, and um, if I go for a walk, I'll pray while I'm walking sometimes, and or when I'm running, and. Yeah, so it's uh right on. Well, yeah. I I mean I haven't mentioned this but I will now. I mean I Lisa and I used to live in your basement suite and I used to notice you know your routine or your rhythm when you were home and not like I was I wasn't like spying on you. <laughs> but yeah. I definitely would notice like you know Andy would disappear for a couple hours and then I'd see him out playing basketball with his, with his kids. Um, or like you said, mowing the lawn or doing something. And we would, we would go on walks together once in a while and, um, things, you know, and then whenever you guys had us for dinner, you were always introducing us to some awesome, healthy, you know, version of something. And so if there's anything I took away from those couple years was, was really a balanced, lifestyle like and that's what I'm hearing you say now and that's what I'm reading about too I mean whether it's I have uh this huge thick Tim Ferriss book and um I think I might have mentioned this to you too that where he he kind of outlines 
he he interviews and hangs out, spends time with a bunch of CEOs and you know record producers, hit songwriters, um, athletes, yeah. you know, from people from all different walks of life, lawyers, doctors, authors, yeah. And and that's the consistent thing is that they all have this sort of balanced, uh, you know, lifestyle or routine, and and mm. it's all to fuel. And J- James Schramko uh, is a guy I've been listening to lately. He talks about the same thing, and he 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 talks when he talks about diet. He says like if you were a racehorse, you'd be eating the f- your, you know your 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 owner would be feeding you the finest of grains, and you know you wouldn't you wouldn't feed your racehorse uh, potato chips and cola, you know? So these are, these things apply to worship leaders too. I mean, if you, whatever your calling is, whether you're a plumber or a midwife or a worship leader, you know, like we have to fuel our lives and, and part of that is having balance. And so that's, that's really great, man. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. And uh, I'm just curious, like, do you have any, do you have some key stories or experiences in regards to, you know, worship that have fueled your journey along the way that have kind of kept you in the game, so to speak, you know, like whether it's inspired you or reminded you of what, why you do this to begin with, you know, like. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one, one for sure is like I mentioned before, pursuing peace with people because really the hardest part of um, ministry is getting along with people. That's one of the hardest parts. Another one was, you know, when I really got launched into larger and larger platforms of leading worship and the recordings and the travel to all over the place, uh, that was a test for me and uh, to not be in it for the wrong reasons, you know, that, I mean, I was fulfilling my calling and I was doing the right thing, but then it's always lingering there as a potential idol, you know, the whole thing of um, really making ourselves the star of the show rather than God. And, and so the um, it it was really continual soul care of of not exalting myself of not giving into tempting thoughts of you know competing with other worship leaders and um, uh, and just really trying to constantly let go do the best I could but then leave it in God's hands. And, um, uh, and so, you know, when, when you're, you know, launched into venues of where you're playing in front of thousands and, and there's a lot of people that know your name, like your music, tell you that, and people are singing your songs all over. It, it's a challenge, you know, and, talks about that in Proverbs, you know, that we're tested by the the praise that we receive from people, and and are we still going to reflect that back to God? And and then in later years, uh, there's been a a new kind of test, and that is 
really coming out of the limelight and uh, accepting that new phase of life and ministry and, you know, like less travel, less recording, uh, less, you know, fanfare and, and et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and trying to handle that graciously and, and with humility. And, and I really, you know, I, I'm in a good place with that, but it, it really took work. It really took, you know, okay, uh, examining myself and, and just keeping on handing it over to God. And, and I'm, I'm actually really at peace with what I'm doing. And he's always, I'm, I'm always busy with ministry stuff and feeling engaged and productive and and uh and i don't always know where you know my next assignment is going to be but it's uh so far so good you know god's faithful and and uh and it's really i mean it has been a test of you know am i willing to serve in humble situations you know smaller crowds uh, doing a lot of volunteer work, and uh, the thing is, I can, I can afford to do that, and so it's all good, you know, my wife has a good job, and, and um, but to me, I mean, if I wasn't willing to do that, then there would be something really wrong, because, yeah, uh, you know, I, that's, how I got into this whole thing in the first place is out of love for God. And of course I'll do it voluntarily. And I did it as a volunteer for about 10 years in in, back in the day. And, uh, um, so now I have the privilege of serving, um, in different ways. And, and, uh, so it's good. Well, you know, I remember hearing um, or reading, no, I think it was on a, on a on a video, like a training video. David Ruiz said, "You guys all started doing this because you love God and you love the church, and you you were writing songs out of your genuine like you're just writing songs. Like there was no CCLI, there was no royalties back in the day, and." And that yeah. kind of came later and it was, and so, and I've heard Matt Redman talk about this too, just, you know, keep, I guess keeping our eye on the prize. So what is the prize? And the prize is, it's God. It's just, you know, we're yeah. here, we, we, he's, he's revealed himself to us. He's touched our lives and, but yeah, it, it it's, that's really cool just to hear how, how he's yeah. sort of, kind of come back to this place of and be having peace and being content and, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that people, yeah, I mean, people, yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's something else you said. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I was talking to, um, your friend, Marie Barnett and oh, yeah. Yeah. she, um, she wanted to yeah. share some, some kind of wisdom or just things to pass on to other, to worship leaders. And Uh along those same lines, like she's like, you know, we're all worshipers. We're all worship leaders. Like why you got to ask God daily, like 
what, you know, who are you bringing to me today and how am I reflecting you to them kind of thing? It's, it's not even, it's more just like knowing her. It's like, she's being, I mean, I don't know her very well, but you do, but you know, she's, she's all about being herself and meeting people mm-hmm. right where they are. And, and yeah. so she's talking, yeah. she's not talking about music. She's talking about like, you know, uh, meeting somebody at the grocery store. What does God have for them today that I can give to them, you know, that will draw them closer to him, you know? So I just thought that was great. Right. That was, that's, and that's the, that's humility. Yeah. Like, hey, you should, you should talk to her for your book, <laughs> but like, you know, just being, being yourself and being every day, every moment, just being aware of what God's asking you to do. Like, cause we're always really, we're always leading worship through something. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So that's right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe just quickly as we, uh, draw nearer to the end here, do you like, do you have any just crazy stories about, I don't know what, like, is there anything that stands out as like the most amazing time in worship through music that you've ever had? Or, you know, I don't, I'm sure you have lots, but like, yeah, well, I mean, those years from about 93 to 96 or seven, there, that was a time of renewal in the church, and mm. there were a lot of amazing times of worship and just the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and people being prayed for and being healed of all kinds of things. And, and, um, and a super readiness uh, among the church to worship, which course makes it way easier to lead worship because you know instead of having reluctant worshipers you have highly engaged worshipers you know and um yeah, yeah. It, it's uh yeah it's it's kind of hard to describe it's you know you feel like there's you're riding a huge wave really and <clears throat> i mean the wind is blowing the wind of the spirit and and you you know yeah. all of us experience this in varying degrees right you know today mm. and any any time yeah. in our lives that sometimes there's a gentle peace when we're leading worship and sometimes there's a very special sense of god's intimate presence that and then you know sometimes he just completely blows our mind with letting us experience his love and power. And and so we can't control that. But yeah, those, yeah. those were some amazing years. And, and although I did have, you know, peaks of that, I, I, I did have glimpses and sh- of that for really all the way since the 70s, you know. Uh, you know it was a lot more concentrated and consistent, though, in that period in the 90s. And... Uh, and um, again, I mean, it, it brings to mind that all that stuff is wonderful and it is a gift from God, but, but the godly character then has to go along with it. And, and um, you know, we, our egos are so huge. And, uh, and, and so we just have to always do the plain, simple work of loving one another, uh, caring for the people God puts around us and not taking ourselves too seriously. 
uh, you know, always remembering it's not our show, it's God's thing. And, and um, yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. I, I don't think I need to ask the next question, which was basically, you know, assuming you can recognize a gifting in, in somebody, a worship leader who's just starting out, what, would, what advice would you give them? I mean, I think what you just said is, is it. Like, I don't know if yeah. you have anything else to add to that, but just that's, that's like, don't take yourself too seriously. You know, like yeah. character is, I, I keep thinking about the parable of the, the seeds, like this, the being thrown, you know, some of them went off the path. Some of them fell among the rocks and some were choked by the weeds. And like, I want, I, I want to be, I want to be growing and, and I, well, like, I guess, you know, it doesn't matter where you're planted or what's going on around you or what season of life it is. Like you still, you want to remain rooted and watered by the father, you know? And yep. So. yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all good what you just said and um you know when we first start out we're we're nervous we're really usually very concerned about what impression we're making on people i mean that's an a natural human reaction and yeah. uh so i would say just you know take it one step at a time and love love god and love people and and gradually grow and gra and you know keep working on your musical skills yeah and uh like i feel like i've grown a lot in especially in playing electric guitar over the last say, three years that's really yeah and so in your late 50s you know that you can do that and so yeah really you know everybody should be applying themselves to sharpening their skills and but a little bit at a time will yeah. if you sustain that over the long haul that'll bring good results yeah, yeah well i watched this with my uh with my dad my stepdad rob who plays and I, and i've watched it with you too like so once the kids were older and out of the house uh rob yeah. rob started playing a lot more and and so like on the one hand us you know, our, in our family, we, we kind of got out of the way and that gave my parents time to sort of pursue things more. But the, the thing I saw with you was as your kids got older, they all started playing music and they were spurring you on challenging you, <laughs> like bringing home new yeah. gear, uh, bringing yeah. new music into the home. And like, and I'm, I'm thinking even right now with like Ben and the music that he's writing and doing, like, it's amazing. And, Every time yeah. I find a new artist, I send him a little message to see, okay, am I on track? Is this guy cool? Or, you know, cause like your kids, right. you know, your kids are sort of bringing things into your life and into, you know, into my life too. Like that's kind of keeping mm. me. So that that's really cool. That's a great point. I mean, I think uh, if you, if you don't have kids that are around the age of 20 or tw so uh, just do something to kind of like open your mind up and, and challenge yourself musically, whether it's learning a new instrument or, or, uh, you know, switching from electric to acoustic or vice versa. So that's great. Um, yeah. 
so finally, uh, do you have any songs you're doing right now? Like anything, uh, anything that's really like, you know, st- striking a chord in in your heart and in the church's heart, and you know. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, some of the hits that everybody's doing today, you know, like "What a Beautiful Name." But really, right. when you said that, what came to mind is in my night shift outreach to the poor, I'm doing songs like uh, "Streets that, uh, Where the Streets Have No Name" and "Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For" by U2. <laughs> yeah, right on. Because, and there's a lot of Christian influence in those how those songs were written. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I use those as a way of communicating with unchurched people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, I do uh, songs that I've written in the last months at, there as well. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, but I'm always learning new stuff. Uh, there's a great song called Saved by uh, Samuel Lane from the Eng- oh, yeah. England uh, from the Vineyard. That's I've been doing that one. That's cool. Uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, it's great to always be learning new stuff. Yeah, and any uh, you told us earlier, you're reading a bunch of books and stuff because you're writing and you're referencing things. And any 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 books at the top of the list right now? Um. You know, one great one, it's, it's actually by a secular writer, but it, yeah. it's called Ego is the Enemy. Um, oh, yeah. And it's, uh, it was amazing because I uh, had already started writing on humility, and then I heard my wife refer to this title. Uh, it's yeah. a guy named Ryan Holiday. That's, he's a well-known author, and, and uh, it's amazing how... It just was perfect timing for like one more source for me for digging into that subject. Um, I wrote another one, I read another one rather uh, by a guy named Pat Williams, who was, uh, he's like a general manager of uh, major sports organizations, and but he's a author. That's all that's called humility. The Secret of Success, and uh, that's a great one. And uh, uh, yeah, so there's a few titles. That I've yeah. Well, I look forward to the, this new book. Like, I can't wait to see uh, what you've what you've mined for us, and what you're gonna oh, put out for us. And uh, yeah, have you read any? I forget. Have you read any Brene Brown? Oh, uh, you know what? I've read quotes of her. From uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Richard Rohr quotes her sometime. And, There's some she's uh, got some good stuff in there. Her stuff is not specifically on humility, but it definitely connects to it. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, she talks about vulnerability, right? How you can't really go forward in life without that. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I've been reading. I started reading a book. I can't. Re- I I often forget titles of songs and books, but this it's something about grit. It's uh, you know, and I mean that to me, part of being humble is like what we started talking about in this is knowing what you're called to and pursuing that no matter what. Like like 
no matter how people treat you or the world treats you or whatever. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's definitely humility, I think in grit. Like I just watched that film, the Clint Eastwood film about the guys, uh, they intercepted, they stopped a terrorist from, uh, oh gosh, they're on a, pl- they're on a train on their way to Paris. And anyways, <clears throat> the, the whole thing there was this kid, this guy had grit. Like he wasn't the best, uh, when he was training, when he started out with yeah. the air force, he didn't get into what he wanted to get into because he found out he had no, he didn't have proper depth perception. And, but the, the kid had grit and he kept working and he kept working. He lost a bunch of weight, got really healthy, finished training, became a, yeah. you know, EMT and, and, uh, learned a lot. Anyways, the point is all that grit yeah. paid off and he was able to use everything he had learned and all everything he had attained to, to, to serve, you know, literally hundreds of people by saving their lives. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm not yeah. giving anything oh, that, away. That's the one the that's, trailer, what's, that? what's that? Yeah, that that's the one that's the true story, right? Right, and they he used, yeah okay yeah I've seen I've seen that trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll give you my iTunes sign and you can watch it. I bought it a few weeks ago. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. Anyways, cool. hey Andy, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to share with us. Oh yeah. Pass on, you know, your wisdom, your experience, your knowledge to our listeners. Um, and uh, is how can people find you? Like, do they go to your website? Yeah, um, that's, you have... that's the easiest place. Yeah, andypark.ca. Awesome. So yeah. andypark.ca, I will, I will link that in the um, description and, you know, on our website as well. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. It's awesome. Okay, it's been a been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, and uh, look forward to talking again. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, cool. man. Cool, man. Okay, bro. Yeah. This has been the WorshipLeaderLife.com podcast. You can find us at WorshipLeaderLife.com, and we just released a new mini ebook called Four Pillars of an Awesome Worship Leader. We'd love for you to check it out. That's at worshipleaderlife.com. I'm your host, Stephen Toon. I'm an ordained minister with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and now I support local churches by discipling worship leaders. And I look forward to serving you again. Our next podcast is going to be released in a week and featuring John Bowler from Hear the Music and the Levite Summit. Uh, You're going to want to hear that. It's awesome. Talk to you next time.
Therefore God has exalted it to the highest place And gave you the name that's above all other names Every knee